This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. guys welcome back to part two with mark henley the vice president of advocacy for california waterfowl we had such a great first episode part one was really really mark i want to thank you for the detail that you gave us about navigable waters and about the bills insurance for guns just all that stuff in the fight that you're doing we really appreciate what you're doing thank you yeah, and thanks for joining us again. Yeah, part two. <laughs> Absolutely. He said I got. He said I got to give him a lunch break, so we'll we'll keep rolling here and not waste any time. <laughs> At <But> some point, <laughs> we want to talk. Uh, we got some great conversation on this one too, which might even lead to more stuff we want to talk about later, mm-hmm. honestly. But let's start with the value of Tule Lake, Klamath Lake, as far as waterfowl go conservation all these different things and then we're going to talk about water issues as well so just the value mark can you describe how important it is to us it's massive it really is um i know a lot of people have hunted up there but then we have a lot of duck hunters down in california that have never even been up there but they need to realize how key this area is to the health of our waterfowl populations and our flyways so I mean, first and foremost, it is the absolute most important staging area in the entire Pacific Flyway. And this is not just for fall staging, um, which is key, and that's when the the hunting can be phenomenal up there. But also back in the spring, you know, a lot of those ducks, um, before they go to the Dakotas or Canada or Alaska, they stop in Klamath. And if they don't have the resources to fuel up there, you could see a lot uh, reduced uh, waterfowl production in future years. Um, if they if they don't 
um, end up making it to their breeding grounds in mm -hmm. the right body condition. So it's really important that, you know, they have the resources there to, to be able to breed successfully. We also have a lot of um, local breeding that when the, you know, Lower Klamath and Tule Lake actually have water in the spring and summer, there's a lot of local breeding there. Of course, that particularly helps our local mallard population as well as a lot of honkers will nest in there. Um, and then later in the summer, it's a huge molting area for California mallards. So mm. a lot of those mallards that are say bred down in the Sacramento Valley out in the rice, you know, about in mid July, uh, late July, they will go up to Klamath to molt. Mm. And it's just a huge, it's in a very important part of their life cycle. They're flightless for a number of days. And if they don't have these large Thule marshes to kind of protect them for, from predators, that's going to, punch a huge hole in, you know, their ability to um, make it through the summer. And um, you're going to see a lot of them um, probably get eaten by predators or die up off. So um, we got to make sure from, you know, those standpoints that we keep water there. Mm -hmm. As you guys also know, I mean, we had a, a botulism outbreak yes. at both Lower Klamath and Thule Lake back in 2020 mm -hmm. during the height during the height of the molting season mm -hmm. and it killed off 60,000 waterfowl. Well, of those 60,000 waterfowl, 20,000 were mallards. So everybody complains about the lack of mallards that yeah. we're having and all the, these right. problems with the California mallard. Well, if we're sending these birds up to Thule and lower Klamath to die every year of botulism because of less water, the whole reason that that outbreak was so bad was there wasn't enough water to keep the the levels up in the pond, the ponds, and you have these shorelines that then tend to make the botulism worse. These exposed shorelines, mm -hmm. um, we gotta you know fix it just from that standpoint, or we're gonna literally have ducks dying because of lack of water up there. Yeah. Um, you know, the other big thing up at those refuges too is we have a a whole hunting culture we've had hunting going on forever up there. I mean, it's huge in that area. A lot of the local businesses rely on it. Um, it's just a special place to hunt waterfowl. And then this last year, unfortunately, it was closed entirely, which had never happened previously. So I also just personally don't want to see that hunting culture go the way of the, of the dinosaurs. Right. We got to make sure that hunting continues to be an important part of what goes on on those refuges and that we maintain that my myself personally i have two daughters they're now in their 20s they cut their teeth on hunting up at the klamath refuges mm -hmm. we would hunt the stearns unit we would hunt sump 1b we would hunt 6a um, we did this for probably a good seven or eight years until they really became kind of adult hunters and, you know, that from that standpoint, it means so much to me. And, you know, a lot of these these areas I, uh, personally mean a lot to other hunters, too. And I'm sure just for that reason alone, we got to keep these things going. They're, they're special places. They're part of our hunting um, heritage and um, we don't want to lose it. So, I mean, it, <clears throat> I 100 percent agree. It seems so bleak though like it almost uh, to me i'm just standing from the outside looking that way i mean should i feel that way i mean 
or is there hope? I mean, or do you think there's hope? I mean, maybe if it just takes a couple years, or do you think it it's really close to just being altogether lost? It, it definitely is easy to get depressed over this issue. And it, it's probably, you know, I've been doing this for 22 years now. It's probably the most difficult waterfowl issue I've ever dealt with mm. because of the legal mm. and political issues that surround it. Um, look at it this year, by the way. They're, they didn't get up in northeastern California and southern Oregon quite as much precipitation as we got in the rest of California, mm-hmm. but it was still above average. I mean, their snowpack was way above average, and their precipitation, I think, down in the basin was about average. But even with all of that, there's still only one unit right now flooded on the lower Klamath side, unit two. two yeah. And if you go, you go over to the Thule side, the only thing that's flooded is sump 1b and that's only two-thirds flooded Mm. so i mean it's like if we can't get good water in years like this like when are we going to get decent water i don't know right so and mark from that yeah go ahead i was just saying to say from that perspective you're right it is a little bit depressing and you know makes you think you know what the future is going to be up there but there are solutions out there to getting water and and i can go into those in, in a minute yeah, I want to. I definitely want to hear those because, is it? There's some guys I follow on Instagram that are. Pretty, it seems like pretty well versed. It's actually it's just one specific guy. I won't mention his name. He don't even show his face. I don't even know what the guy looks like. But he he shows all these graphs. He shows the water. He show he's showed videos to where the water's being diverted. Yeah, I mean, like why? Like you said, with all the rain we got. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that that thing should be full of water, correct? It's just about how they're pushing it. Well, it, like, a lot of this has to do with policy decisions, yes, and laws and regulations. So, I mean, the real issues that face the refuge up there are first the biological opinions that govern how much water goes into Upper Klamath Lake and the Klamath River. That has a huge impact on any water that the refuge might receive. Another thing is the refuge is basically last in line to get water. Um, It's not a part of the Klamath project, and it only receives water after the endangered species obligations are met, the tribal obligations are met, and that agriculture gets its water. So it's basically at the bottom of the spigot. And then the other big thing is, and and this is the issue that CWA is trying to conquer right now, is the refuges really have no senior water rights. They have some other junior water rights that are out there, but nothing that is, you know, uh, senior in, um, in, in terms of making sure that that right is above, you know, other rights that are exercised in the basin. So um, that gets into our strategy. And I'll just very quickly say what one of the big things we're trying to do right now is to pursue the acquisition of senior water rights, um, mostly from willing landowners up in Oregon. There's a place called the Wood River Valley, and there's quite a few landowners up there that have said for, for the right price, they would be willing to sell their water to the refuge, to Lower Klamath. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is going to take time, and it's certainly going to take a lot of money. Um, but it is a strategy that has been blessed by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. They did an assessment on it and found out that it was a viable strategy. And it also was a strategy that 
was employed by Stillwater Refuge over in um, Nevada. Mm-hmm. As you guys probably remember, remember years ago, that, that place would have really serious water delivery problems. Um, it's still not perfect over there, but they have acquired water rights to help um, with the refuge's water issues. And that has really uh, helped that refuge get a more reliable supply of water. So it shows that the strategy can work. So currently um, we're working on a 3,750 acre transfer of water from a a Wood River landowner. Um, And we've been working on it for the last couple of years. We still haven't acquired the entire water right, but um, this summer that 3,750 acre uh, foot of water acre foot of water will help to make sure that unit two stays filled, that we have habitat there for not only breeding birds, but also molting birds. And it will also help reduce the likelihood of a really bad botulism Mm -hmm. outbreak. Because again, when you have exposed shorelines and, you know, declining water in those ponds, that's when the, the botulism really rears its ugly head and takes off. If you can keep those those ponds full to the brim, the botulism tends to be a lot less worse. Mm. So hopefully that'll help to save some birds. Yep. Yeah. Real real quick, Mark, you mentioned that three thousand acre feet into Unit Two at Lower Klamath. Um, mm-hmm. Is that truly going to keep that thing full? It should. It yep. should. It's enough as long as we get that full transfer. Like last couple years, because of there was a lawsuit and because of water um, curtailments on some streams that fed into um, the private landowner's property that we were transferring the water from. You know, we only got about 400 acre feet of water out of that transfer, but now that the water conditions have much improved and the lawsuit um, I don't believe is still um, in effect, um, hopefully we can get most of that 3750 acre acre feet of water um, to the refuge. And if we were able to do that, yeah, unit two should be flooded basically to the brim the entire summer. Okay. Mm. That, that's good news. I mean, and that didn't even have, that basically didn't have no water last year, huh? Or at least for a year or two. They've, it was fairly dry. Yeah. There was not much in there. Yeah. No. And, and actually too, that amount of water too will be enough to also flood up unit three. So hopefully we can get unit three coming on online as well. And that'll provide some additional habitat. That, that's going a little more um, north or east on yeah. that road. Um, and do you do correct. you think now the birds, since they've had a little gap of time where there wasn't there, I mean, birds find water. So, I mean, that, that should make a difference instantaneously. Or do you think that will take a year or two to re those birds readjust to that? That's a good question. I mean, I think a lot of these birds, they still fly through the Klamath Basin. Mm-hmm. And so if there is water around, they will key in on that. Yeah. Um, even though we're getting, you know, when it's dry, this big overflight, say in the fall, when they, they just come right into the Central Valley and start feeding on the rice because there's nothing in Klamath for them. Um, if you, though, have that water there, I think very quickly they will respond to that and use it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, real quick, since we're on that th- 37 or th- that, the water, um, what is the likelihood? Like, you, I know you said there's some 
the lawsuits and you think you've got them mitigated or rectified, but you feel like there's a very good chance we're, you're going to get all that water, like you said? I mean, are we guessing or you feel very confident that 3,700 acre feet's coming in? I, I feel confident that the majority of that will come in this summer given the improved water conditions. Yeah. And then that the lawsuit now has been overturned. Um, and then, you know, eventually though, it's, we want to inquire that water right itself. And so that way you'd have a much more reliable supply of water for the refuge year in and year out. Mm, and yeah, so well, there was an appraisal, there was an appraisal of that, you know, that came in a bit low. And so we're going to have to work through that, but eventually we want to, yeah, pay the landowner the full um, value of the water right and then transfer that, transfer that over to the service and then they'll have that in perpetuity. Okay. And then that's really just going to come into play in the summer, right? Or it, it, that, that water right is particularly yeah, during the irrigation season. Yeah. That's when you can exercise it. So it really runs from, I think, April 1st, all the way to September 30th. That's when you take the water from that, right? Which is nice. There's water there for birds at, you know, Mm -hmm. those times of years, but it still doesn't rectify the uh, lack of water, Mm -hmm. you know, during the winter months and to hunt. Right. So I I guess everything helps. If if you answered already, I'm sorry, but we haven't really said nothing about Thule. Like, what's the, is that part of that whole transfer of water, or is that just for Klamath? Is there anything going on with Thule as far as water? Yeah, so that was just for Lower Klamath. Um, for Thule, um, they were able to get some water into Sump 1B, um, which is good. How they are going to maintain that through the summer, I do not know. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the same issue over there. If you start getting the water levels receding and you get a shoreline, it's going to cause a massive botulism problem. So they really need to do everything they can to keep those water levels up. Um, Unfortunately too, there wasn't, uh, uh, there was an opportunity to get one a flooded up. Of course that, you know, three to four times the size Mm -hmm. of one B. So you need a ton of water to really flood that up. But the refuge wasn't able to take advantage of that. Um, um, so that is dry at this point, And I don't see that being flooded up for quite some time. It, that's, of course, the main hunting unit. I mean, obviously, you can hunt 1B at well, times. Yeah. And that, the hunting in there can be really good. But I can tell you this. If 1B is only partially flooded and there's no other flooded habitat and, yeah. and 1A is dry, it's closed. I would be flabbergasted if they would open that for hunting. So I think wow. you're looking at a, a closure, at least in terms of yeah. flooded hunting. That, yeah. I Maybe was t- some dry field hunting, but that'd be it. Right. That's yeah. what I was telling Titus. Um, that's probably going to be their only water and they're going to close it. And I did hear there is, there is ag back on Thule, but if they're going to open it all or, you know, cause they're probably going to say, well, we have this water here, one B for these ducks. And then mm. we want them to have a, a nice food source. So no, you can't hunt these fields, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're like, well, shoot, what can I hunt? You know? Yeah. So I heard Mark and I don't, haven't been able to get a hold of Thule Lake for now the past week, but they were supposed to have a meeting last week in regards to uh, what they were going to implement or not, I think for this duck season, you know? for okay. the 2023s but 
Um, since I talked to a gentleman up there, the phone's been off the hook the last two weeks. Um, I did call a local up there. He gave me a number to another gentleman on the Cal or board, but haven't been able to get a hold of him. So I think yeah, something the- should be coming down the pipe soon um, for the Tule Lake outlook, you know, on what they're going to do. Yeah. And this is normally the time where they have their hunt program meeting. And yeah, unfortunately I missed that too, but um, the Calor folks, they really keep, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're on the pulse of what is going on up there. They probably have the latest and greatest information. So I may follow up after this with one of them and yeah, see where things are. They're pushing for it, you know, because this will be year two of nothing going on there, you know, which which I found odd that you couldn't even shoot pheasants there last year. I know. That that blew my mind. Everything was shut down. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So how many years of that? And then you're going to have a dying hunting culture (laughs) and reviving that in the future is going to be very difficult to do. I mean. If, if we don't do something soon here, that's my fear. I think the birds will always tend to find it if you provide the habitat, but the hunting, you know, these generations of hunters now that have had their hunting interrupted up there, are they going to really make the trip then every year to come back up there? Right. I don't know the answer right. to that. Yeah. And you said earlier, so, right. There's a lot of people that have never even been there. Mm-hmm. Now it's closed or, you know, in, yeah. in shambles. There's going to be cultures that never even, yeah, or never going to ever go up there, even when it opens again, if it, you know. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier is I was, I was kind of mean, not just for Klamath, but also for Thule. Like, is this a, is this a kiss at goodbye? Nice knowing you, you know, like. Right. Like, like Mark said, I think the ducks will find it first. When you put the water there, they will come back before, probably before all the duck, the, a lot of the duck hunters do, but it doesn't. You know, it's like once you took that water out of 1A, yeah. good luck on getting it back. Yeah. I know they had to do work in there, and they, they really did. It was getting pretty silted. It was pretty bad. It's just unfortunate that when will that yeah, time well, the, the, be the, the, to get water? <laughs> you know, <laughs> But, you know, when it eventually is, and it's got to at some point, um, it, the habitat then should be really good. I mean, that'll be the nice thing is that it should be able to grow a lot of smart weed and oh, food. Okay. And, you know, I would guess the first couple of years of when it is reflooded will be some phenomenal hunting. I mean, but do you think that's, is that a pipe dream now? You know, like. I know. Well, well, they got to find the water somewhere. Yeah, certainly seems like like it. Like I said, I don't think it's happening this year. So uh, what we need is another really good, even better winter next year and a lot of snow and precipitation. That that would certainly help. That would help. Yeah. And like, like people have said up there just because we've got a lot of great rain doesn't mean they did up there yeah. they did get good stuff they, they filled stuff. up some stuff but yeah. it wasn't like like we got here so you always got to keep that in consideration but, oh look at all the rain but i'm we just got. saying well, if it's been there for but, so long it's how i don't know when that was open up there to hunting and when that was all i don't what year was well, that 1902 I mean, or wasn't that the teddy roosevelt era well, the lower Klamath, lower Klamath was, was yeah. Uh, well, nineteen oh eight, oh eight. I think uh, Tule Lake was like twenty years later. It opened. Okay, up. okay. So, so I'm saying, years. I guarantee you, it's went through droughts. 
through well, all these years and all these issues. So why is it now yeah. that it's just all of a sudden? You make a good point. And Mark, you know this. There's always has been historical water issues up mm-hmm. there. Even when I was hunting it, there, sure. you know, there's so yeah. it's like, what has gotten so bad? Because there was there was bad times in the 80s with water up there, Mark, in Lower Klamath. So why can we not get water now? What has changed that much? Well, part of it is the Endangered Species Act. That's where a lot of the water is going, is staying in the Upper Klamath yeah. Lake and the river. Yeah. So that, you know, was, even though the Endangered Species Act, you know, came in in like 19, early 1970s, it didn't start affecting Klamath until around 2000 in a, in a negative way. Wow. Um, but now these biological opinions, they just say, no, that this water needs to stay in these rivers and lakes for uh, endangered species, yeah, yeah. salmon the- and suckers. And that's <laughs> affecting then the total amount of water that's available for the refuge. But if these guys, you know, these biological, whoever these people are, they're so they want to give so many rights to these you know, fish and this, which is great, right? We need that stuff. But why, how does waterfowl fall off on the end of their concern? Because, I mean, that's a living creature too. So if we're so concerned, you know what I mean? Is is it because it has to do with hunters? Well, you know what I mean? I think they want to, but they're just saying there's not enough water to go around. So let the the waterfowl die off and keep the fish? I I mean, mean, pick, you know, I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, no, I hear you. I guess they'd love to probably help, but they maybe just can't allocate all the water. They, maybe they say and they now, don't have and, enough. And Mark, does that have to do with because of the tribal thing that you got? They got to walk in eggshells on that side of the spectrum. They, you know what I mean? Well, there's also tribal water uses that trump, you know, water going to the refuge. I mean, they're more senior in their water rights. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then they get to take their take, and then what's left over, you know, yeah, as long as certain certain conditions are left are, are maintained in the lake and the river can go over to agriculture. And then if agriculture uses all of their allotment, there's nothing left for the refuge. If agriculture doesn't use it, then the refuge could possibly get water at the end of the day. So and uh, it's just, yeah, you have all these other users that get first dibs on the water. And, and in many years, there's just nothing left for the refuge. But that's always been the case, right? The, the water users uh, prior to the refuge, right? Where they've always been last. Right, the refuge they have so, correct. Like, but, but prior to 2000, they didn't have to contend as much with endangered species or okay. tribal interests. Those okay. have only really recently kind of um, been more um, important than okay. water for the refuge. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything um, that we there could be implemented um, as like? for alternative water conservation methods or like infrastructure improvements, anything like that that can be done or has been talked about, or is that just kind of way out there too? Yeah, there's some infrastructure projects that I believe um, Ducks Unlimited is working on. I believe they're helping with some pumping um, that will be, will, will be of value. Absolutely. And, you know, CWA, we've been doing habitat projects up there, even when the refuge is dry. But at the the bottom line is you need the water, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything else is a moot point until mm-hmm. you get the water. So I think that's, you know, where the, at least from CWA's perspective, the primary focus needs to be. Um, one other thing I, I did want to let you guys know that we were able to do this year, 
you know, th there's the water rights acquisition, which is important because that would provide a permanent supply of water. Mm -hmm. But we're also pursuing these um, kind of spot or short-term purchases of water. And so we were also able this last spring to purchase um, on CWA's dime, 2,500 acre feet of water from the Klamath drainage district. And that all went into filling up unit two. So the whole reason that unit two has water right now is because of that transfer. Mm, so fortunately, awesome. you know, there's, there's agricultural districts up there that do work very cooperatively with the refuge. They want to help out. Um, and so, uh, you know, trying to get agreements with them is important. And we, we want to make sure that, you know, they're compensated adequately for these transfers. I mean, if they're going to give up their water, they should um, make sure we, it, they should be paid, paid in full for that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's just a matter of us then coming up the funding with the funding to, to provide for that payment. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that, that's strong work. That's again, mm -hmm. we're thankful for that, the work that's done there. Yeah. yeah I know we're, we're asking some tough questions and just ask, I guess, questions that, everyone's wondering you know yeah and they're they're kind of the same questions you know it's over still, and over <laughs> it still comes down to yeah. water and how do we yeah. get it and you know? uh I, last i checked i don't think mark or kevin or titus can uh make it drop down from the sky no <laughs> so not yet i yeah i guess it's just you know it sounds like it sounds like there's definitely as far as to kind of end off this conversation and move on to the next the outlook is more rain and and uh, which none of us can control. What else? Is there any other outlooks that we can kind of well, the water I, rights? I, again, I, I think over time, if we're able to acquire these water rights, right. yeah. uh, I think I mentioned there's up to 30,000 acre feet available mm -hmm. potentially um, that that in the long term can really help out. It's not going to be a silver bullet. I mean, the yeah. water needs for the refuge would still not fully be met. But if you were to acquire acquire all of that thirty thousand acre feet, that would be a huge boost to mm. the refuge and ensure that there would always be some flooded habitat on the refuge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's going to though take you know CWA. We can't pay for all that. You're going to have to have federal funding, yeah. state funding to support that. So we really need to make sure that um, we get particularly Congress and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to dedicate uh funding for that purpose okay yeah um, but the good thing is i mean it's just a matter of then you know throwing money at it and mm -hmm. it is a, it's a large price tag but um i'll tell you what you know getting money is going to be a lot easier than solving some of the other legal and political issues yeah. up there yeah so from that perspective it's more simple a hey, hey Mark, perspective on what it takes to fill that refuge let's say lower klamath right you said we can up possibly obtain 30,000 acre feet. What, yeah. what is, I'm, you know, I know we're not going to get there anytime soon, but what is, I, I forget the numbers, but what is a fully, um, allocated ref, lower Klamath acre it's feet? Essentially, it's essentially 90 to a hundred thousand acre feet is what they need on an annual basis. And that's wow. enough to flood about 30,000 acres of wetlands. Mm. 30,000 acres. Wow. Yep. Huh. For every, for, yeah, for every three acre feet that you put into a unit, you flood about one acre. 
Okay. Your feet for one acre. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. No. Okay. Yeah. That answers a lot of questions. Honestly. Uh, anything else you want to cover before we move on for that? Um, I think that's about it. I mean, we'll certainly be monitoring, you know, the water transfer and, you know, the summer making sure that it gets to unit two. And so if folks, you know, want to follow along, just, um, go on our website periodically and we'll be putting updates on there, Okay. but hopefully we can, like I said, keep those units flooded, um, and that we don't have at the end of the summer a really bad botulism outbreak. Mm-hmm. If we can avoid that, then I think at least uh, there's been some benefit this summer for birds. Okay. Yeah, hopefully so, because, you know, you put that water on there, and if it's not enough, we just created more of a problem, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last really thing you want to do is create a death trap. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's Better what makes not me even nervous. Having it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, what makes, that's what scares me. I mean, if we can... Yeah truly get that water and keep it full that's one thing but if not then it just we're gonna see some negative yeah that's true all right well uh, m- kind of moving on topics uh talk go a little bit yeah. into the youth and and vet hunt dates and and just looking at that how important the well both now the vet hunts only we had two seasons now, which me and Kevin have taken full advantage mm-hmm. of, which yes, has been great. amazing. Glad to hear that. Yeah, and we're—I mean, man, I can't say thank you enough. I've even said it in the—I've right. done a couple of videos. Actually, my this year's video has not come out uh, from this last one. I'm going to wait till duck season to put that one out, and had it a phenomenal like. Once I have to send you some pictures, Mark. Off topic. I've been—I've <laughs> been keeping it a secret yeah. from everybody what happened to me this uh, vet hunt. I—it's phenomenal day. Anyways. Yeah. But more importantly than that, and by the way, I always say vet. I need to reword that because it's really not just vet. It's active duty. Yes. You know, it's Correct. it's all of the above. So anyways, I've had a bad habit of saying that in the past. But uh, so, you know, it helps in promoting the outdoor engagement and support the hunting community. And Yeah. Um, I just more opportunity, it's more you opportunity know, it's, and we're always looking for opportunity, getting new right? fresh faces in because I know some of my friends that are, are actually vets. They're not active duty anymore, but they've, they've started into it too. That was kind of a segue into like, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and try this. And of mm-hmm. course those hunts are the best, right? right? Like the vet or the junior or the active duty or junior. And, um, <clears throat> that's that's definitely gonna suck people new people in and keep them you know especially for the kids my my daughter my youngest she just turned 11 but she was 10 she shot her first duck with my 28 gauge on a friend of mine Harrison got the permission for him uh, one of the club members locally here and they were super great to her and boy she's hooked I mean nice. she's she's a you know awesome go, go that's get great her. to hear yeah and so um Maybe just we're just gonna discuss some of the significance of the hunt dates for use and for veterans or active duty and their impact on uh, participation. Because I know last year and the year before, well, the, the youth hunt. I'm trying to figure out where I want to start with this because in some areas it's different, right? Some like the Sac Valley will have it designated days on a Saturday for the youth hunt and. Man, they've got that historically dialed. Because mm-hmm. I mean, every youth that my friends have taken their kids on those up in that area have always done really good in the Sac Valley. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that it's isn't a, that it's funny? A, it's, it's a, a weekend a, hunt, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's funny because it's it's 
it's always real. It could be dead the week before for just the general hunters, but for some reason on that junior day, even though it's in the middle of the season, it's not. Like, oh, that's it's a, still that, really good. That's a special one, Mark. Yes. That's not really associated with the end right. of the season one. Not the okay. end of the season okay. one. Okay. Okay. So right. now to move on to the end of the season, which is always uh, a week after, roughly. Right. Well, they, I guess they it's, try to do it's like six days. I guess. Well. It changes. Well, it doesn't really change, but it's it's less sometimes than six days because we're taking our hunting True. season into now midweek. But I, I guess right? I'm just but, talking about like refuge. Yeah, but yeah. If yeah. you were if you were throwing it all in there, the following weekend. So right. is there going to be this year? Looks like status quo. I believe Mark right with the dates. Has that even been released yet? Yeah. Well, it has. So okay. yeah, the the commission met in April and gaveled this down. So we do know what the the waterfowl seasons and bag limits uh, would be so yeah Ke- kevin you're right it's basically the same um as last year with, the, with a few exceptions and i'll just mention them real quickly one is that there are some changes to the Aleutian goose season on the north coast and that will now start that season um, in early october like the first week of october and then it'll run for a while, but then there'll be a split and it won't restart until February. So that uh, is a little mm-hmm. bit different to how they did it last year. There's also gonna be a reduction in the Brant season, uh, Black mm-hmm. Brant by yeah. 10 days. Mm-hmm. And that's due to low, lower um, recent uh, Brant counts. They do a running three-year average and apparently the three-year average went below their, uh, their uh, goal. Yeah, and so because of that, um, they're having to reduce the season. Okay, uh, last year day, the number well, of days. Last year though, they upped it, so it was it's only going back to what it was two years ago, correct? Wasn't well, it? They, they took ten days. Up. Well, then they add last year, and then this year a, they're taking it back. Maybe by a day. Mark can answer that, but I think he said it's going to take ten days off. You said Mark, right? I thought off this one, it will take ten days from the previous season. I'd have to go back yeah. and look how it compares. It was close, previous to that. But yeah, you're right. There were some changes made then, so you know the total loss of days may be a little bit less than ten. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and man, Titus and I kind of talk about getting on a Brant hunt, yeah. but now now oh, with yeah. the days even reduced, it's like oh my gosh, you know, it's uh, always a nice yeah, pipe dream around this time, you know, yeah. at this time of the year. Like, yeah, we'll get over there yeah, and go and get one. <laughs> yeah. Now and a lot of it really is driven by the tides as you yeah. guys know mm-hmm. and there's only so many good tides yep. to, to hunt on and so, then from what yeah, i've heard and talked to locals over there the competition's pretty fierce too it could get oh yeah could get pretty ugly yeah. there real quick you're in someone's yeah. you know little stretch of beach or whatever <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it'd be like yeah. normandy over there man <laughs> yeah yeah so this one might have to take another back seat yeah you know now we're reduced to 20 days or roughly yeah. so it's like oh yeah Anywho, so the the other real quick change, uh, if you guys remember, you know we've been allowed to hunt all the way to January thirty first the last few years. Mm-hmm. That's something CWA strongly supported and advocated for. Well, here's the good thing is, 
January 31st this year is on a Wednesday. So you'll get one oh, last wow. right on day on a, on a public area. There All right. Go. There we so go. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, it, it landed also on a Wednesday and it was a phenomenal hunt up and down the valley. It was, so I remember that. Hopefully Mark. we'll get lucky with that again. It was a windy day. Mark. Let me ask this question. Yeah. There was a little <laughs> North wind that day. <laughs> let me ask you this. Yeah. That's a big thing. <laughs> let me ask this question. If that ends on a Wednesday, is the the junior hunt on Saturday? Yep, yep it is. Correct. Ooh, yep. so that might not be as hot of a for the youth. Well, yeah, what well, you could look at that two different ways, though. You're right. I mean, there's not as much of a rest, but what if you're a refuge hunter that keeps the birds on those refuges more instead of them going out into the hinterlands and flying all over the state. True. Um, so. You know, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, yeah you're, I, I tend to have that fear yeah. too. I still have a kid that does junior hunts. Mm. He's 16 and he'll be able to do it for another year. You know, what, what impact that's going to have on his hunting. So we'll just have to wait and see. That's cool yeah. though. I mean, that is cool. I'm not going to lie, a little selfish motives there, but that is kind of cool. Well, that, the, that the Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. even pay attention to that. And I, I'm, I'm still on board with this, right? Taking our season as long as we can. Um, I know we like to incorporate it on the back end, which is good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why, just out of curiosity, why is the CWA such a big advocate of that? What's the purpose that they feel? Of January 31st? Yes, just more days. Or, or taking the days, yeah. right? I think it's just more opportunity for us, right? Give it to us. Yeah, right? if we exactly. Can. More opportunity. I mean, as you guys know, in the balance of the state, the hunting tends to be the best late in the season mm-hmm. too. And so mm-hmm. these are some of the best possible hunting days that we could have. And, um, we just, we used to, you know, years ago advocate for like splits and, you know, different kind of scenarios on what the seasons would be. But the last 15 years, we basically said we want a late straight and let shoot as late as possible. Yeah. Because again, whether it's because of global warming or whatever, it just seems like the birds are here later mm. every year. And yeah. so having hunting open when there's the greatest amount of birds is obviously a good thing. Absolutely. And we also, I mean, there's some people that have argued that that's having an impact on mallard breeding. Yes. That's a yeah. little bit of a dubious argument on our, <laughs> quite this, know, from, I our think... from our perspective. Yes. You know, yeah. It does create some disturbance, but, you know, there really hasn't been any kind of population studies to show that that's having an actual impact on right on the birds. And, so, and if, don't if, they, if we don't have the science to show that, I mean, it's anybody's best guess, right? And doesn't the science prove, Mark, that that hunter harvest doesn't affect bird population? Yes, I mean, right. That's so, not the problem. so the problem is the available breeding habitat. Yeah, and then also fixing climate. I mean, if that. You want to bring the mallard population up. You got to have nesting habitat. You got to have brood habitat, and then you got to also fix this Klamath problem. Right, that's yeah. what's going to yeah. help them recover. Yeah, it's not shooting later into into January and February. These guys were mentioning, uh, like, oh, now we're now we're getting into breeding pair mallards. You know, like we're making a big impact. Yeah, because we're shooting a bit into February. Eh, you know, it's like, mm, good yeah. one. But no, that's not to me. It doesn't hold any weight, yeah. you know. But Art, I'm, I'm, I got some questions, dude, with these seasons and all. That. 
dates and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm actually on California Waterfowl or CalWaterfowl.org's regulations. I didn't even know that you guys had them up, and it does say it's the 2022. No, wait a minute. These are the old ones. So it hasn't. I wonder yeah, what's been the updated. Old ones don't, yeah, no, that, that you, makes you a lot want, more sense now. We'll, we'll still because <laughs> I was looking at, at these dates. I'm like, Disney, this isn't. We'll just look at October. It's gonna be the Only 21st reason. this year of October. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I was going to ask is uh, on the northeastern zone, I guess it, it always has to be the first Saturday of the month, right? They're not going to start it on a Sunday. Yeah, they won't start it on a Sunday. Yeah. So it'd be like October 8th would open up in the northeastern zone. I mean, I'm sorry, October 7th, which is the first Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, we I mean, we've gotten also feedback from many hunters saying they want to hunt as much as possible in no in October mm-hmm. in the Northeast zone to get the full benefit of that. I mean, yeah, a, yeah. a week in October is worth way more than a week we can, in January. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Freezing out and there's no birds. So yep. you want to maximize that. So that's why we will, you know, as long as CWA has any say over this, we'll be starting the first week of October um going forward yeah yeah because i'm looking at it sunday's on the first so i'm like man you lose a whole week in october by waiting until the eighth on a saturday but is that when it starts i don't see any dates on that yeah it does i think it does okay i think it does Hmm. um yeah that does make no it's the the, what it would be october so october 7th up on the it is up on the fishing game web page if you go into their waterfowl regs okay so it, it's going to start October 7th, and that actually is the earliest that could start because yeah. you can, we can't start in September. Mm-mm. Okay. The yep. only thing with this northeastern zone that gets me a little bit is that you have like the Fall River Ash Creek area mm-hmm. in the same thing, and they're about 1,000 feet less. They're mm-hmm. about 3,000, you know, and I've been up to that area early. Mm-hmm. It's It would... I'd like it to start a week later there, mm-hmm. you know, if that if that area was a little more exclusive to starting a week later rather yeah. than having it lumped mm-hmm. into the uh, the northeastern. But that's never going to happen. Yeah. But that's where I think it would benefit, actually, okay. down in that Ash Creek area, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. if it was a week so, later. So yeah. on that, you know, we uh, we can't create another waterfowl mm-hmm. zone. The, the flyways have already told us we're maxed out on the number of zones we got five right now right mm. yeah and yeah. they're they're not going to give us any more so no if you're not if you're not going to be part of the northeast zone the only other thing is you'd have to bump them to the balance of the state and of course then that would take it to two weeks after right okay. yeah yeah it's never going to happen it was this is probably going to sound like a stupid question but i'm maybe i'm asking it partially for myself i think i know the answer to it but i bet you a lot of people have this question is why can for like the um the vet hunt, why can we have a vet active duty hunt? I have to make sure I'm saying that. Can they have in the Southern California zone in the Southern San Joaquin Valley? Can they do the geese for that time frame and not anywhere else? To where the vets can also hunt the geese, right? They put it on top. Yes, that's. Just That's a good question because okay. I we have made that inquiry that. as yeah, to why I we didn't can't that. have the, the vet hunt on top of our late goose mm-hmm. season up in the balance of the state yeah. zone. Yeah. And I mean, what I've heard that is it's an enforcement issue. Yeah, that's um, what they say, right? It, Every but time. It, but if you're doing it down there, I mean, 
Yeah, that's a good one to bring up. up that's what I, I've you never know what? understood that. We need to bring that up to Melanie. If you're going to do it there, what what's so different about, is that the Bermuda Triangle down there? They do things <laughs> differently, you know? And, yeah. and I think because there's probably maybe not as much geese down there, so it's not, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm well, just throwing things in my own head. But. And Mark, paint the picture for me here. If we didn't put it, you know how we have the veteran hunt right now, right? How it's two weeks after the season and we can't shoot geese. And enlighten me again. I, I think I lose sight on why we can't shoot geese on that day. You can for the youth. You can for the youth weekend shoot yeah. geese and ducks. Why can't we do it for the vet? Enlighten we're, me again. We're, ma- we're, we're maxed out on the Dang. goose hunting days. days. We're That's maxed why. out. We're not, we're, we were not maxed out on the duck hunting days. That's why we were able to give them over to the, the vets and yeah. the active duty folks um but we were on the geese and so that that's the issue so yeah the only way then you're going to enable them to take geese on that hunt is to have it overlap with With the late goose season i I would be in favor of that person yeah the way here's the way i would do it if there's also this current concern that we mentioned earlier right or wrong about disturbance to mallards why not then take the late goose season and move it back to where the vet and the active military duty hunt is and overlap that. So that way you're not shooting so much into the middle of February anymore. Mm-hmm. All these hunts would be completed by, you know, 13th or 14th weeks. Of yeah. Fe- yeah. Or first or, couple weeks of February. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, would which I think I, I, that's the way I wish it was. And that's what my vote would be. But I do think there's a lot of goose guys well, that get it worked up about that. I've heard them locally around here. Well, they, you oh, know, the, the goose they, guys. But yeah, you know, what do we have more of, Mark? You have more people taking advantage of mm-hmm. like the the ducks. You know, the exclusive goose hunter. They're a minority. Mm-hmm. They're a minority. This hunt, they've got five days to shoot. How many guys are really taking advantage of that, Mark? Besides private guys, tell me. Well, it is mostly a private land hunt, Ex- although we did, we did CWA. This is something else we did was to fight to get at least some public waters and other public lands open for it. I mean, m- most public lands are not open, but technically, you know, if it's a navigable water area, you could hunt well, on well, that. Well, yeah, right? absolutely. But it really, it's really for private guys. Correct. Yep. Right, and I think that's and what, the way the department. That's the way the department views it too. Is it's really to yeah, uh, I mean drive the what birds from the private lands onto the public refuges. So to kind of backtrack a little bit again, I don't know. Maybe we didn't finish out that the whole. Um, is there really an answer to the late goose? Uh, not late goose, but for the veteran active duty hunt why Southern San Joaquin Valley and Southern California zone are allowed for that. I guess there's, did we didn't really finish that. Well, so, so here, here is actually what we're going to do in terms of the next steps with the department and the fishing game commission. We are going to meet with department of fish and wildlife in August, our regulations committee and to discuss the timing of all of these hunts. So, I would encourage you then to participate in that meeting and, you know, make your case on this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our, let me just say our original concern when this 
all this issue came up of moving the vet hunt was we didn't want it placed on top of the youth hunt. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you as somebody has done the youth hunts for the last 13, 14 years with all four of my kids, there is no way that we could fit adult hunters in on certain refuges mm -hmm. and have a quality hunt for those kids. It would ruin 100%. the hunt for them. hundred percent. I agree. Um, I, I mean, agree. Modoc Modoc this last year basically had to turn kids away because it was fully subscribed. When I was hunting with my kid last February at gray lodge, we were in a pond and there were three groups of kids shooting all at the same birds. Um, it totally ruined the experience for mm -hmm. my son. And I've been at Delavan on those hunts, going into free roam with my kid. And we were one of the last, you know, people in line. And because there were so many other people ahead of us, we didn't even get out to the hunt area until right at shoot time. And so we're out there walking, you know, basically disturbing other people's mm -hmm. hunts, trying to set up because there was such a backlog of people trying to get into the refuge that the last few people didn't get in until right at shoot time. And and that's just not right. I didn't feel good about that. And, right. you know, it's like, you know, if that many kids are participating, you know, we can't be adding additional, not only hunters, but adult hunters yeah. who are going to be able to weigh out compete some of these kids. Do you really yeah. want some 50 year old veteran shooting right next to some nine-year-old kid well that's just not right not only that i don't want to be the veteran or the active duty guy exactly. next to a kid i'm yeah. not going to do that yeah. i'd rather you guys I, are about service and helping yeah the last thing you'd want to do is detract from some no. little kids time. no i yeah. definitely don't want i don't want a part of that and that's where you know you're almost a little little bit leery of saying this but i'm almost like i'd rather not let's just not even do i don't even want to say don't oh. do the vet thing but i'm like i'm not gonna Go out there, dude. I'm not going to go out there and be incompetent. I mean, I'll go. I'll go outside of the refuge. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, figure we, something else. We out. have other spots, to but go. there ain't no way. And the problem with that is, it really takes away because a lot of these vets or active duty guys are probably going to have kids. Yeah. And what are they going to do? They're, of course, I'm going to take my daughter, yeah. daughters, over worrying about what I'm going to do. You well, know, so it kind of takes away from the whole separation con concept of having these two, yeah, groups of people. You know. Mark, did you did you say you took your son out this this vet or uh, youth hunt to Delavan? And we went to Gray Lodge or, on Saturday and then okay. Little Dry Creek on Sunday. Okay, okay. And you said it was packed. You guys got out late. Was uh, it did that the pond? The pond we were in at Little Dry or excuse me at um, Gray Lodge was packed. Okay, you know, and it, a lot of it depends on okay. You know, which ponds, you know, are popular and which ones yeah. people well, want to go to. You know, I'm sure there were other parts of the refuge that ha hardly had a kid on it. But, well, I mean, you just can't control where people are going to go. Oh, totally. But, you know, here's the thing that I'm thinking about. If these vets and youth are so important to ducking, why are these refuges not open? They're going to say it's a staffing issue. Well, they're doing. I think they're doing a disservice. You know, we don't have a lot of refuges open at that time. Yeah. You talk about Howard Slew all the time. Why aren't most of these refuges open? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I Howard mean, Slew, Lano Seco should be open yeah. without a doubt. 
and you got other areas up in the northeast zone like Willow Creek, and they aren't open for the preseason. Yeah, or like time. an Ash and Creek. So that needs yeah. to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ash Ash Creek is open is for the youth, that, and that's early. I've my done bad. that last but, several years. But you know, but, you know, th- think about it. You know, we have this huge problem up in Klamath. Klamath used to cycle through probably hundred, you know, at least a hundred youth hunters, mm. and that is not going to happen this year. Didn't happen last year. No. All those other kids have to find some place to go. So that makes it even more important that we have adequate, you know, opportunity yeah. on Ash Creek, on Modoc, and then yeah, get Willow Creek then opened up because mm. you know, those other kids from Klamath are gonna have to go somewhere. Right. And and on that topic of the Northeast, um, you as we know, those hunts are done before the season up there. Yeah. Right. And uh, mm. I've shot Tule Lake and Lower Klamath on openers after the youth uh, youth hunt Mm -hmm. and done phenomenal Mm -hmm. but here in the valley you mentioned a youth hunt before the season here and these private guys are squawking like a hen house yeah you know it works up in the northeastern zone i've lived it Mm -hmm. i know guys that brought their kids up there to tule lake and smashed on birds you know yada yada and i'm there two weeks later yeah killing it yeah and these guys here man these these private guys are just squawking, like I said, like a hen house here, you know, because that may be a potential, you know, option for these kids is early. Yeah. But I, I already see a lot of pushback with these old <clears throat> folks, you know, yeah. and it kind of grinds my gears. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I think when we have this meeting in August, just all ideas need to be laid out on the table. And, mm-hmm. you know, we need to really look at it like what is best for the kids, what is best for the vets and you know, just maintaining our hunting heritage. And right. um, I'm, I'm sure if we, you know, look at this closely and discuss all the pros and cons, we can but, come up with something that, that works for most hunters. You're never yeah. going to make everybody happy, but if we can make the vast majority happy, yeah, and so be it. And Mark, I mean, we, we can pro and con it all day, right? We also just need to, you, you need to try it too. If it does, we, we should, you know, try something for two years because everybody's going to say the pros and cons about early and late, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't have this. We need to just do it. Quit barking. And we do a lot of BS and, or, you know, we need to try it. And if it doesn't work, maybe after two or three seasons, let's change it back. Yeah. Let's just, let's yeah. actually act on something, Mark, you know? No, I, I agree with that. I mean, we, these vet hunts are, are very new and we just still haven't figured out the best way to, to kind of place them and how to operate them. So if you don't experiment a little bit, you're never going to learn. Well, well, that probably is an approach that should be taken. I mean, I mean, do you think we're going to change the trajectory of some kid if we had it early in the season, really his hunting career, because you think maybe he's not going to have a best hunt. Is that, is that one hunt going to change his career on thinking about ducking? Mm. And you're talking about how to save from putting them together, right? Well, or putting well, that and to getting, you know, I think it was brought up maybe moving the, the youth hunt to the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. you know, having maybe better opportunity. Because it can be tough. We, we know there's a lot of ducks here in January. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yeah. Or, you know, but it is, there's a lot, e- it's a lot easier to get ducks in early October and September. <laughs> than it is in late January for these kids. Yeah, true. You know, the youth hunt was basically the first 
postseason or special hunt that was created. It's been around the longest. From my perspective, at least, we need to just keep those the way they are. The kids, they have, you know, had it to where in the balance of the state, they can hunt after the season, a week after. That's almost become a tradition with them. Let's not mess with that. Mm-hmm. I think the more important thing is saying the vet and the, you know, active uh, duty hunts, those again being newer, let's try to experiment around with those and see what is the best timing rather than, you know, trying to experiment around with the youth hunts, which we already know work. Well, we know they work early too, Mark. We know they work early too. Yeah. Up in the Northeast zone, they work great. What's different, what's different here? Well, yeah, you brought up, yeah, the private landowner. In fact, well, if you remember originally when the youth hunts were proposed, I think this goes back to the early 90s, right? There, at first, it was proposed in the balance of the state to be prior to the season. And as you alluded to, there was some backlash by some clubs, yeah. some private landowners to doing that. So I just don't think that sentiment probably has changed. Well, did they, do they again, run the now, show? Now we, do private lands run the show? Now Do we've they? had decade, decades of the kids shooting postseason, so I think that's just been well, firmly established well, in true, work. But it's only a small window for these kids to shoot, too. It's constantly evolving with new and old people coming in and coming out. So what would be the big deal? Because you're constantly getting new folks coming into it and folks leaving. So it wouldn't take long for it to be a tradition again early with the group. Well, what are you and, and come, Mark? Come to our come to our meeting. Oh, I will. I'm wait. I'm waiting for the invite in August. Do. And Mark, <laughs> as you and I know, and Titus, You'll I'm sitting it. across from him. We we got in. We got into ducking before there was ever a, a youth hunt. So it's not the be all end all. I think if you put this anywhere, the kids are going to come and they're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know. But what's the option? What are you thinking? I've almost got a question for you, Mark, and I got one for you, Kevin. What's your What's your concern about the vet slash military active duty? Oh, I like well, no, nothing. I like okay. it at the end. I don't want it early. I like it at well, the end because right. we could that take it. Because that's what the option is, right? To well, move us. I don't know if if that is. It may be, but I'm kind of asking you both a question, well, and I'm gonna get different answers from both. I'm of you. gonna give you my perspective. For us guys, veterans, obviously, we're older guys. We have mm-hmm. the opportunity. We have boats, whatnot, clubs, this, that, yeah. and the other. So. When do we usually, you know, in this case in particular, or this year, we had flood water. Yeah. We're taking advantage of that mm-hmm. after the season when mm-hmm. usually we have more opportunity. Yeah. You know, early in the season, I can go shoot ducks anywhere in October yeah. or early season. It yeah. really, it does, it's not like if I had to shoot them in early October, <clears throat> I don't know if that would be as fun. So, Mark, now to jump to Mark, um, when you say play around with the vet slash active duty military what is that meaning you meaning like movement and the balance of the state to the front well yeah there's a, there no there's that's the only place to... you, that's that's one thing well you also could move it uh to the middle of the season no I mean, we, there's there's apps option yeah I, I don't think that's a good idea no. personally but yeah. there's that, a, there are a number of places that you could move it here, if I had my druthers for it, this is just Mark's personal yeah, opinion. Yeah. I would bring the late goose season back a week 
have it on top of the vet hunt, which is two weeks after. Yes. Do not move the vet hunt at all within yes. the balance of the state. 100%. And that way you get the dual benefits of the vets being able to hunt geese. Yes. And then we also reduce any disturbance perceived or not to, to paired up mallards later in February. And, and the kids are still doing their thing doing their traditionally thing. after the Correct. season. That, to I, me, I, I like to that. To me, that personally seems like a no-brainer. I like, like that. I do too, and I well, think everybody would. That's, and it's already been implemented in the San Joaquin, like you said. In right, the, in the it's down already there. in there anyways. Yeah. And two so. different, completely different zones. And Be- I don't even know why that's a, uh, I don't even know why that's not I'm what totally kosher with that because I don't think we're going to get through these private guys that are at CWA. It, but, uh, okay, what's the argument here, though, is what I'm trying to figure oh, out. Oh, because they, they're, they're not one to move that goose on top. No, no. I'm talking youth here again. I'm okay. going back to youth. They don't. They bring a lot. They bring these the, the kids out to their club, and they don't want it messing with their bottom dollar opening day. They don't okay. want those kids out there early. But but why change it the way it is? It's two years oh, now. I, I mean, w- the youth has been a long time. Yeah, I'm saying with the vet and the military, why even change? Except the only thing that, like Mark said, the only thing that need to be changed is slide that yeah. like goose. Other than that, why is it even such a big... I think it was, like Mark said, though, like it was getting, maybe people were griping about maybe getting too late into February and messing with duck, um, Oh, duck, okay. uh, you know, pairing up. Right, Mark? Is that, was that the main Correct. deal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that is one yeah. of them. So... That I, seems... I'm, I, yeah, it seems like a stretch. <laughs> I'm, I'm coach with bringing the goose up. 100%. Totally. I think um, majority... Okay, well... Let, you guys go ahead and keep talking because I'm going to find that no. the California waterfowl survey that was just done. That question was asked, wasn't it? In that survey that we did, uh, was that I one specific? It was. Yeah, yeah, let me go pull this up. I might. You they guys did, have to talk about some for a second. Well, they did this. talk about in there moving it to the middle of the season, the vet hunt, and I think that got pooed. And I would agree. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take two days from my from my colleagues or constituents. No, for that. Um, you know, so the, the, the the other thing too that we need to fix is the northeast one, and yeah. that actually yeah. really is more important because virtually no one participates yes. on the late. No, um, there's nothing there for the vets <laughs> Ice in cubes. January. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, the refuges have said that literally no one shows up, so there's no, no value with that right now. None. So no. that was you know, a concern. Is it yeah. better? Is it better to put that, say, a week before the season? Now that's going to affect, you know, possibly then the Northeast opener because you're going to have disturbance, well, you know, here's closer a, to that opener. Yeah. But still, for the number of vets that would be using that, probably the disturbance is going to be minimal. There's just not a lot of those folks um, that would well, probably be using it. So. To me, it would be a really a minimal impact on the opener. Well, from experience, from experience of seeing what happens to a refuge when you hunt it Saturday, it's closed on Wednesday and then it's open again on Saturday. It's like, it's like a new re- it's like a fresh refuge. Like well, it's never been hunted almost because just that little one hunt day taken off is unbelievable what it does yeah so i don't see how that could be that devastating to that i agree refuge. and and in tule lake back in the day or lower klamath it was one week before the season the youth hunt and then you would come out there and we, you'd still smash birds on your open yeah. 
right? Yeah, and then they, and then they moved it to two weeks. Yeah, they, they did. Complaint. Okay, but I found it. I found that they had complaints. But so I found this in in the survey with with the results. Okay, so it says uh, in the balance of state zone, and the, again, this is just one zone. But it said, would you support moving the youth hunt days prior to the regular season? Out of fifteen hundred and five votes, fifty per six. 56% said no. Yeah. So, which is not as a resounding no as I thought it would be, honestly. But the next question is, in the balance of state zone, would you support moving the veterans' active military duty hunt days to a weekend during the regular season, which reduces regular season by two hunt days? That was 70% said no. no. Yeah, that's yeah. we shouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't like that. I like again. That's only around fifteen hundred people voting, but I mean, I'm sure that's well. And that is a lot of well and private. It is. Look at the guys on here. Yeah, let me a lot go of back rich, up. A lot of rich white guys here. <laughs> Old white guys. You're gonna make some enemies here, Kevin. You no, know. Uh, let's see here, because it do, it actually does say club versus. I think isn't it in here where it says, yeah, what, like well, private owners versus. Well, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's. Oh, right here. Where did you hunt during the waterfalls? Well, that could be kind of left up, but it does. Thirty-nine uh, percent is exclusively on private land. That's a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a big chunk. And then excuse exclusively public is only seventeen percent, and then a mix of both. Is, you know, it's guys that are almost one dimensional here because it says how how often did you hunt out of state? Yeah, and it's pretty like much nil. zero. Yeah, and it's much. like yeah, these guys are. These, I know who these guys are. I really pushed about. Three episodes, four episodes ago, I really pushed on people becoming part members because it's kind of, I mean, there's only 1,500. Come on now. Like, we could do better than that. Like, well, there should be a lot more mem- We should, and California duck hunters need to be part of California Waterfowl. Get your membership. Participate. Do at least, you know, surveys, like you said, mark these meetings and, um, I lo- all, those are way out of town for me usually. I guess you, now you could probably join by Zoom or whatnot. Zoom or whatever, right? Hey, we, in fact, our regulations meetings we have made them virtual, so mm-hmm. okay. partly virtual. We encourage people to show up in person, but if not, there is a virtual option. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, is stuff that you say in the comment, like I'm sure you could comment in the right. Is that still is that someone voiced that in those meetings or? Is that why you're better off just being well, in person? Well, you can you can comment. In, you're talking in the little box, yeah, and yeah. Providing your comments, you can do that, and then you also can just raise your hand. And if you do that, we'll note that and give you a chance to speak to everybody. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, you know, I, we understand. I mean, you know, Roseville is not uh, near everybody where our headquarters is, and it's it's not fair to make people particularly, uh, you know, or hours away to have to come all the way up for that meeting. So we'll always have a virtual element to it so that we can maximize participation. Yeah. I see now back to the active duty uh, vet deal. I told Kevin, I go, you know, it's really hard to say anything. It's only been two seasons. So we definitely don't want to, neither one of us want to sound like we're not thankful because my goodness. Oh yeah. It's amazing. We know we're very thankful and we don't want to see it go away or nothing like that to say, well, we need to add the goose in there. I mean, that's not the be-all, end-all for me. Like, okay, whatever. I can't shoot geese on that day. It's just, 
it just makes more sense. Yeah, you, know? you could see some opportunity where yeah. it would work for both. Yeah. You but know? it's not so, that. But I definitely don't want to. It's <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful what you wish for yeah. sometimes, because then you know. But it does. I, make, I think it's really good how it is right now, except just the maybe the goose. You know. Yeah. But whatever. If that don't change, then it don't change. Yeah. You know. Whatever. Um. But, but it, I, I agree with you, Mark. That the northeast. North thing, the northeast. That is absolutely yeah for sure. That's way more important than our what we're talking about. Needs to go early. Yeah. yeah is that something? Agreed. Is that something that's gonna? That'll be next year. It'll be I next mean, year. maybe probably talking about this year, Mark. But implemented, if any changes, it'll be yeah, for the next correct. or the twenty. Okay. It would. It would have four. to be for the following yeah. season. Yep. Twenty four, okay. twenty five. Okay. Well, shoot, we went. We went an hour and about an hour and ten minutes this time. So what? <laughs> Mark's getting hungry. <laughs> I'm getting about? hungry. <laughs> oh my goodness! I know. I still have a whole list of things I wanted. To, <laughs> I knew we were. This was going to happen, but well, we got more topics for maybe another one in two three months. Yeah, you know. Oh, I got I got a lot more. I got a whole list of uh, screenshots I did of yeah things and just the survey alone. But uh, anyways, well, Mark, any any ending thoughts or any. Thing you'd like to say to wrap up this second episode? Uh, actually, a couple of small things if I could quickly bring yeah. up. Um, Take your one time. is you guys remember that nesting bird habitat incentive program that we created through legislation? Yes. It ended up, you know, increasing your state duck and your upland fees by ten dollars. Well, here's the good thing: is is it it's being implemented this year? There should be thousands of acres of extra nesting habitat because of it. Sweet. And, um, you know, this thing eventually, I think, will help to recover our, you know, mallards and pheasants. Hold on, Mark. What happened there? Uh oh. Are you there, Mark? Can you hear me? Why did that sudden just go? I don't know. We just completely. Hold on a second, Mark. I don't, we lost something here. I was like, I don't know if the connection just. I wasn't even. Hey, Mark, you there? Well, that's a bummer. Wait, there you are. No. Did your earbuds die? No. Oh, okay, there, there you, you are. are again. <laughs> I I don't know what happened. You just cut out when you were t- you you were talking about uh the like the thousands of acres yes, of nesting habitat. That's when I cut out oh, on you. Here, I'll I'll start from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. It just went. Me. Nah, you know. Huh. Uh, so we have this nesting bird habitat incentive program that we created through, you know, a CWA bill. And the great thing is, is it is starting this year. It's being implemented by Department of Fish and Wildlife. And we should have, because of it, a couple extra thousand acres of nesting habitat in key areas to help support our local mallards and pheasants. Awesome. Um, as you guys remember, you know, it did require a surcharge um, on your state duck and your upward mm-hmm. stamp $10. of, of $10. Yeah. But that funding is critical to paying these landowners and getting more nesting cover on the ground. And um, it's all done in areas that are near brood water so that um, uh, we make sure that it's in the the key areas where we need the the cover most. And I really do believe it will help uh, with the long-term recovery of our mallard and pheasant uh, populations. Not a silver bullet, 
but you know, it's just a very important part of fixing that whole problem. Mm -hmm. So it's just great, great to see it, you know, finally getting off the ground. Yeah. And then the other thing is, um, on the political side, um, Tuesday, June 13th, California waterfowl is having our lobby day at the state Capitol. And with that, we have volunteers come down and go speak to legislators, their staff about hunting and conservation issues. Um, so if anybody's interested, please contact uh, me about that. We also that night have a legislative reception across from the Capitol um, for members of our outdoor sporting caucus and other state legislators. Mm -hmm. And it's a good chance to just kind of talk informally with legislators, have a drink or a uh, hors d'oeuvre with them and get to know them a little bit better. So for folks that do want to participate on the lobby day, they can also go to this reception, which I think starts at 530 at night. And how, do they, lastly, how do they get a hold of you, Mark, for that? If you um, saying get a hold of you, possibly if they were interested. You know, probably the best way is just to call me on my cell phone and I'll, I'll just give that out. It's 916-612-0230. And um, I'll uh, get them uh, on the list. And then the other thing we have, there's a waterfowl pack fundraiser in Sacramento on June 15th. I just showed you. you know, oh, two, yeah. two, two days later on, mm -hmm. on Thursday night. And it's at the Scottish Rite Temple. You know, the pack is critical to getting waterfowl interests, um, you know, access uh. at the state capitol, kind of uh, making sure that we're, we're noticed and we're taken seriously. Uh. So if folks want to support that too, um, they can contact me at that number as well. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Deal. Yeah. Anything else? I want to leave nothing undone. I think, I think, I think that's about it. Man. <laughs> it's been a good discussion. That's been We've awesome. Covered, covered a lot of issues. Oh my. Yeah. A lot, a lot of things going on right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, this has been really, really good. I feel like every time we come on, it gets better and better every time. It just seems like the whole the topics just, it seems like the flow is really good. So I really appreciate your time, Mark, and I appreciate you for the work that you do. Ditto. I we second appreciate that. it. Yeah, thank you, Mark. And I'll be down there hopefully walking with you at the uh, at the Capitol on that that lobby awesome. day. Yeah. yeah. If you can make it for that, that'd be great. Yeah. So appreciate it. Okay. Well, well yeah, I appreciate it again. And thanks, everybody, for listening in. I know this was super informative for me. Very, very mm -hmm. interesting. And uh, I appreciate everything that was said. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>